freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome back to our number two of episode 95 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm Dan Todd. And our theme today is the shame game. As I was prepping for today's show, I received an email that began with the words, In my opinion, the people that refuse to support reasonable gun laws should be required to suffer the loss of one of their loved ones to a shooter and see how they feel about the position that they hold. So people who are on the network saying, Can we finally have a sensible discussion about guns? They aren't really asking for a true conversation. They're seeking like this person who wrote that email, to shame us, to scare us, threaten us, and lecture us. And they just want their way, period. And according to that person, and so many others like him, if it takes murdering us to get their way, well, they're just okay with that. So our next guest in the top of our hour is Amanda Collins. Amanda Collins is the founding director of Tears Speak. Tears stands for Teaching, Empowering, Assault, and Rape Survivors, where she encourages survivors and advocates for victims' rights and women's rights to self-defense. A survivor herself who recently participated in Nancy Pelosi's televised town hall meeting, Amanda is here to talk with us about the dangers of restricting people's rights as hers were the night she was robbed of her human right to have protected herself if she just hadn't have been in a gun-free zone. Amanda, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. So, you know, uninformed people, and I, I really, I want to give them that grace and just say they're uninformed or they're misinformed because this guy that wrote us mm-hmm. the email sounds kind of evil to me, but... Let's just say he's uninformed. They seem to think that if we just make guns illegal, all of our troubles, right. they're just over, right? So how do you respond to those yeah. claims? Um, I think it's just important to acknowledge that we all want the same thing. We mm-hmm. all want these tragedies to end, and we're all looking for answers. However, instead of pointing to the tool that an individual uses, I think it's more important to look at the individual and the criminal and to look at what was going on with them. Because even if, um, you know, a firearm hadn't been available, they could use some other tool. And then that also leads me into my next, um, just what I lived through is that gun control or gun laws that limit the law-abiding do just that. 
that's all it does is it limits the law-abiding citizens who are going to follow the rules and then it's assuming that the criminals are go who are breaking the rules are going to follow those rules and that just doesn't make sense when you sit and think about it um, for in my case is a perfect example of that so i often share my story um, which is you mentioned i am a rape survivor about 10 years ago, I was raped on the campus of my university uh, on the same floor where the university, the campus police parked their cruisers, and I was less than 50 feet away from their office. And when I was being raped at gunpoint, mm. I knew that no one was coming for me mm. because the police offices had already closed. At the time of my attack, I had my concealed carry permit because I knew that as a petite woman, a firearm was going to be an equalizing factor for me whenever I was met against, or if I would ever be met up against uh, an attacker who would most likely be much larger than me. Um, and so being a law-abiding citizen, I followed the rules and I left my firearm at home but my attacker didn't care about the rules and he was intent on doing evil. So the very law that was passed, I think with the heart to ensure my safety, I really do believe that that's what my lawmaker's intent was behind that was to ensure my safety while I was on campus. Mm -hmm. That was actually what guaranteed my attacker an unmatched victim. You know, it's just, it is so opposite of what people think it really is. And so you had an opportunity because you were proactive. You were trained, right? You had your concealed carry mm -hmm. license. You had your firearm. You knew how to use it, but you followed the laws. You left it at home. Had you not been disarmed in this gun-free zone, mm -hmm. not only would you have had the opportunity to protect your own human rights, your own life, your own sanctity, but you right. could have stopped a man that went on to wreak even more horrors on other women. That's correct. Absolutely. My attacker, um, he went on to kidnap and rape his second victim, and he raped and murdered his third known victim. That's just so horrible. And so <laughs> our time goes so quickly. We're nearly already to the end of our segment, but... You just oh. recently uh, were on a televised town hall meeting with Nancy Pelosi, and you asked yeah. her a very important question. And I've heard you ask this question of legislators across the nation, and they, they don't yeah. ever seem to have a very good answer. But um, no. I, want, I wanted you to share the question with us and, and how Nancy Pelosi fielded it. Uh, my question to her was, how does rendering me, being a law-abiding citizen, defenseless, make anyone safer from a violent crime? And she bantered on about the need for background checks and um, just continued on with, we need more background checks. And all the while, I was sitting there wanting to inform her that I subjected myself to an FBI background check in order to obtain my concealed carry permit. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I mean, I don't, you know, that's not, they're already in place. And so I don't know how many more background checks we can really put in place to prevent 
this type of thing from happening. But really, I was just thankful to be able to be on CNN and to be able to hopefully start some dialogue with other people who may not have considered that side of the gun control argument Absolutely. or the Second Amendment. There's such where a they, disconnect. You know, and, yeah, and I, I'll say, you know, Colin Goddard, I'll give him credit. He sat in front of me at that town hall meeting, and when we went to break, he turned to me and he said, hey, I'm really sorry she didn't answer your question, but to be fair, you pose a really tough question. Well, yeah, no one, there's no, you there. And I do appreciate that he, you know, for one moment, one glimmer, uh, it, it created some cognitive dissonance for people. And I do think that you being able to speak up and ask that question, uh, is important because it causes people to really get off the emotional end of it and think about the logical end of it. And just real fast before we run, please talk to us about your nonprofit? Oh, I would love to. My nonprofit, as you mentioned, is Peer Speak, and it stands for Teaching and Empowering Assault Rape Survivors. And so I am aiming to educate society at the um, just the devastation that rape can have on an individual to hopefully increase the penalty for rape. And then to also, which is where my my heartbeat really is, is to encourage survivors to be able to live a full life after surviving trauma. Mm, So important. And how do we learn more about that? Um, You can follow me on Twitter at CollinsAmanda85 or on Facebook, TearSpeak07 is the TearSpeak Facebook page. Fantastic. And we'll also post those links on your guest page on our website, gunfreedomradio.com. Thank you. So, Amanda, thank you so much. I, you know, I hate it that for you to be able to help save future lives, we always have to take you back to the worst moment of your life. But you're so giving in that way and you're so courageous to continue to let us go in that place with you. So thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me, Cheryl. I appreciate it a lot. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Amanda Collins of Tears Speak. Check it out. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. All right. So stick around because we have up next Tim Miller. Now, Tim has had quite the career in helping keep presidents safe, vice presidents safe. And he is now the director of security for his own organization called Lionheart International Services Group that helps keep churches safe. Find out more about that on the other side of these commercials. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. 
Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Thank you for sticking around. We are glad you're here with us today. And of course, you are with Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. If you've missed any portion of this show, please check out our website, gunfreedomradio.com. Click the guest tab and you can see pictures and bios and everything of every guest we've ever had. Click the on demand tab and you can follow every single show that we've ever done. It's a wonderful website to spend some time just kind of perusing. Well, our theme today is the shame game. And, uh, you know, if if you did miss any of this, I want to catch you up a little bit. Those of us that that support our Second Amendment rights. There is so much shaming that goes on out there. They, you know, if there's ever some kind of an incident or a horrible murder like happened in Las Vegas, people ask us these questions like, well, you know, what do you think of that? And the in, the insinuation is, you know, well, don't you think that maybe if you gave up your guns, these things wouldn't happen? And of course, we, we logical people <laughs> don't, believe that. Um, And so our next guest is going to help us talk about how we can stay safer because whether it's guns or whether it's pressure cookers or whether people use vehicles or whatever they, the tool they use to hurt other people, we have to be smarter. We have to be aware and and we have to know how to uh, better traverse this world that can sometimes be dangerous. So this guest is Tim Miller. He's the founder and president of Lionheart International Services Group. He's a 30-year law enforcement and military professional. As a Secret Service special agent assigned to the Washington field office, Tim coordinated all aspects of security for the president, the vice president, and foreign heads of state on a regular basis. Tim is currently the director of security at Christ Fellowship Church in South Florida that has seven campuses and serves 
over 35,000 people. Tim, are you with us? I am, Cheryl. Thanks for having me. It's great to talk to you again. Oh, absolutely. I've been so remiss in, in it being so long since we've had you back on again. And I think it always makes people feel like, wait a minute, wait, church? Why We need security in churches? And, you know, just recently there was an incident in a church to remind us. But talk to us about yeah. that. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? When we were growing up, we would have never thought that churches need security. But never. The reality is in the world we live in, any place that there are large people groups, even mm-hmm. as unfortunately we saw in Las Vegas, outdoor concerts, no matter where large people groups are gathered, we now have to think about security. And especially in churches, because uh, churches are viewed by some um, as very soft targets. So we have to change that dynamic. We have to uh, put in place security measures that will help us all be safe. We want to make sure that we can continue to do what we want to do. So you don't just uh, head up security at Christ Fellowship. You also teach this to other churches. Is that right? I do, Cheryl. We actually teach churches and businesses. You know, over my career, I was a Marine and deployed and keeping Marines safe in, in dangerous places, and then a police officer and with Secret Service. And, you know, I tell folks I don't have a lot of skills. The one skill I hope I have is security because I've been practicing it for about 30 years. And about four or five years ago, it just kind of dawned on me, wait a minute, average people need this training now. Our country has changed and we need to be thinking through how we would protect our families. And, you know, I know there are good men and women listening to your show right now, and they want to do it. They're just not quite sure how to do it. And that's where, where we come in. We just we train churches. We train organizations. Uh, unfortunately, you, even as I was, you know, preparing for today to talk to you and do some training with an organization, yet another shooting in Baltimore in a business park. And they're just becoming more and more commonplace. And our goal with Lionheart is just to help people know exactly what to do when the when the whether it's either a bang or you know it could be a weather emergency. But we kind of train people how to respond to survive and save others. Well, it's so important. And so as we're talking about you teaching people, does this require that that these church leaders come to Florida to get the training, or how does that work? No, it doesn't, Cheryl. Thanks for asking. We, uh, we, as a matter of fact, we just did a large church security conference at Willow Creek Church in uh, in Chicago, and, and and let me just say that our team is filled with guys that are incredibly well credentialed, but also have hearts to serve and help others. Any one of the folks on our team, you know, I'm I'm not at a church because it, it it's a lot. It's a high paying job. I'm doing it because I want to make a difference. And our team is filled with, you know, former FBI, Secret Service guys um, that, that just have a passion to help people because things are getting crazy. And if, you know, if I'm a father out here and I've got children and a family or I'm a mom and I'm going through the routines of life, um, we just want to make sure that we can provide them with really helpful, uh, immediately applicable information that will help them survive. Um, and, uh, if it happens, uh, you know, because we're seeing it's happening in malls, it's happening in schools, uh, outdoor concerts, churches, as you mentioned. Um, so this is kind of training for everyone wherever they are. Tim, this is Dan. Hey, welcome to the show, and most of all, thank you for your service. Absolutely. I really appreciate thank what you're you, doing Dan. for us. It's an honor to be here. The Vegas shooting that happened a couple weeks ago, did you, is there anything that we could learn from that? 
Yeah, Dan, there is actually, and, and I'm glad you asked that question because a lot of people I've, I've heard on the media and the talking heads, oh, there's nothing you can do. There's a sniper. No, there are things you can do. And and it's the same whether you're at an outdoor conference or whether you're at the mall or wherever you are. The, the most important thing you can do is be aware of what's going on around you. But as a matter of routine, be thinking wherever you go, where are the closest exits, and position yourself around those exits. Where is cover? For anybody that shoots, you understand that nobody's going to hit you if you're behind cover. And so th those are and, – and then what would I do if – that's the question I challenge everybody I talk to mm -hmm. to ask every day. What would I do if? What would I do if? Because here's the reality, Dan. We know from scientific studies done both at the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center and the FBI Academy that good training increases your survival and performance in a crisis by 90 percent wow. because 90 percent of what's required is psychological skills. The best way to train psychological skills is, is through training. And we just have to be aware, right? I mean, if we're aware of our surroundings, that's part of it right there, right? Yeah, that really is because, you know, I, when I train, uh, I was a police officer, and by the way, just so much respect and thankfulness for our police officers out here every day. They're, they're just being drugged through the mud, and, and it's really sad. Mm. Um, so I just shout out to our police officers. Thank you for being the heroes you are every day. But, you know, it, police work is different. It's responding to something. And uh, in the Secret Service, uh, we, we were taught a new dynamic, and that's security, which is making something not happen. Well, I try every audience I train, I, I, I tell them the same thing. And that's, you know, if you can identify a threat and make sure that you have a plan before that threat is able to do anything, that's a much greater win than waiting for an attack and, and trying to work your way through it, no matter how it comes out. Absolutely. So, yeah, awareness is really huge. And, well, and, and I think that – go ahead, Cheryl. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was saying and part of that is just training your mind. That's a big piece of our training is training your mind for what to see and then what to do if you see it. Absolutely, and I do apologize for stepping on your words there, but that was actually what, what I was going to say is that, you know, that, that playing the what-if game and, and running scenarios through your mind, you know, there, for some reason that, that paints uh, some of us as, you know, almost like conspiracy theorists at, at all times or whatever. And I, don't, I just don't, even if I'm watching a movie, I'm thinking, all right, if I'm that person, what's my maneuver? If I'm, you know, the good guy, what do I do? If I'm the bad guy, what do I do? And I think sometimes even thinking in terms of if I was the bad guy, where would I be? How would I move? How would I make sure that my evil plans are the most successful? And if I'm thinking that way, that, that doesn't make me evil. That makes me better able to uh, outpace and, and outflank, maybe outstrategize uh, something that a bad guy might do. Well, Cheryl, you're, you're, you just hit on a really important point. We got to stop caring what people think and do what is right. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I, I am to the point in, in our country where people think I'm crazy because I carry a weapon and I'm very proficient and I'm always thinking how I can protect myself and others, then call me crazy. That's because right. the bottom line is this. It's not just about you. It's about others. If you're doing that for yourself and your family, you're going to be able to save others. And I challenge everybody that's listening, your ability to save others will be based on your commitment to train. And I would much rather at the end of a, of a horrible experience be able to say, wow, 
thank you, Lord, that I had the training, the equipment, and was mentally and physically prepared to do what was needed to save the day. And, and I think that's, that's at the end of our life what really matters, that we lived it to, to protect ourselves and others. Wow, so beautifully said. Well, as we go out, please tell people how they can find out more about your services and how maybe they can learn from you and have you come out and train them and their staff to help keep them and others safe. So, Cheryl, the easiest way is to get on our website, uh, our, our company's Lionheart International Services Group, but the website is www.lhisg.com. Lionheart International Services Group.com is L-H-I-S-G. And we train, I, I've got, you know, former special ops guys that train firearms. I've got a great team, the guy that just, that ran the FBI's active shooter trainer program just jumped on our team and he's awesome and we've got secret service guys so whatever kind of training you're looking for that's why we're in it we're passionate about it but we're also pretty well pedigreed so i would love to serve any of your your folks and, and i just want to say to you and dan thank you for what you're doing thank you for being a voice of clarity and and don't back up doesn't well, matter what people say tim i have one more question thank you tim can yeah. can, can a small church afford your services yeah, absolutely. Because what we try to do is when we come to a region, we try to get a bunch of small churches to come together. And that's great from two perspectives. Number one, they all come together and they get great training. But number two, they know each other. Mm-hmm. And I'm shocked <laughs> when I go into town and, you know, Church A doesn't know Church B or right. C. Well, that's pretty important if somebody's coming into Church A and, and, and conducting pre-operational surveillance. It's real important that Church B and C know. Absolutely. So there's some great benefits that flow out of that. So reach out to us. We'll tell you how to do it. Um, obviously, we're in it to provide the best training that, that can be provided uh, to folks that need it. Fantastic. Thank you again so much for spending some time with us today. Tim Miller, founder and president of Lionheart International Services Group. Thank you, Tim. Thank you for having me, guys. Absolutely. Bye-bye now. All right. Well, we have still on the other side of these commercials, Dr. Kelly Ward, candidate to the U.S. Senate, to come on and talk to us about having officially kicked off her campaign just yesterday. Yay! Stick around. Hey, everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family-owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Pot of Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Pot of Gold auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. 
Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at polygoldestate.com. The Second Amendment Foundation is the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. Go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today. Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's saf.org. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We're sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And we are excited to bring our next guest back on. Dr. Kelly Ward is a former Arizona state senator who is now running for the U.S. Senate seat that's currently occupied by a Republican, (coughs) Jeff Flake. Senate candidate Dr. Kelly Ward is a wife, mom, and a physician, and she believes that she is uniquely qualified to be our next U.S. Senator. Are you with us, Dr. Ward? Hi, Cheryl. Hi, Danny. It's great to, great to be here with you. And, and Danny, we missed you last night, but it was great to see Cheryl and Kim at the kickoff event. Welcome to the show. Kelly, I have to say, please do your events not on auction night, please. <laughs> I, I, I was ready to come. And, and it's just like, I, I can't. I got to eat. You've got to pay the I bills. I know. I know. You know what? My husband, you know Mike, he has to work so many times because mm-hmm. he, he is winning the bread so that I am able to take on this challenge. And so he misses something. He missed the inauguration because he had to work. And so <sighs> I thank you, Danny, for working and for being there for the auction. I'll keep in mind. That we need to, you know, look at the schedule. Don't do it on Tuesday night. I yeah. love it. And, you know, when you say Mike missed the inauguration for working, it very well might have been that he was uh, serving our country because you are a military wife and Mike has just recently uh, retired, I believe, right? And so thank you yes. and your family for your service. Kelly, I'm so excited about the, the people that came to your event last night that were supporting you. And I, I'm just really looking forward to this ride you're doing. Oh, it it was, last night was just amazing. And I have to give a shout out to my daughter, Katie, because she really was in charge of the operation. And everything wasn't perfect, but wow. It was perfect. An event with nearly a thousand people and, and so much heart, soul, motivation and energy in that room. We can't lose. We are going to have a conservative in Washington, D.C., standing up for our Second Amendment rights, standing up for the entire Constitution, not backing down once I get there. And, and last night, I think, was just uh, the, the perfect kickoff. It really was. And, you know, Katie really had everything so under control. And you say it wasn't yeah. perfect. 21 years old, you know, oh, 21 years old. And, she's and incredible. Just, uh, dynamo yeah she really is and you know from because being just an attendee I had no idea what what maybe didn't happen that you had wanted to happen but it all was wonderful and uh such a great group of of citizens that showed up there was such a warmth in the room uh it really was incredible and so you know the theme of the show that we're doing today 
um, at first I was like, oh, it's such an unfortunate theme to have you on, but you, you've lived some of this. So the theme is the shame game, right? Because oh, yes. people out there who side with restricting our rights and our freedoms use this tactic of trying to shame and embarrass us for supporting the Constitution, for, for voting for Trump, for believing in strong borders and for owning guns. And what they yeah. don't seem to get is that all that shame that they're throwing around is actually having the opposite impact that they're hoping for. And you, yes, it, you are a perfect example of this. The rights restrictors have tried to shame you into silence and tried to shame yeah. you and discourage you from stepping up to serve. And instead of you shrinking away, you had a big old party last night. Yes, yes, we did. And, you know, you're exactly right. There is a book called The Smear by Cheryl Atkinson, and people should look at it because it is, shows how the political game is played at all levels. It shows you the the bent of the media and the behind-the-scenes people who are trying to make things go in a certain direction and the relentlessness of the rabid left and and what they what lengths they will go to to try to shut us up to make people who are constitutional conservatives uh, just go away but guess what we are not we are going to stand up we are going to be very very loud and we are going to profess our god-given rights that are assured to us by the amazing united states constitution well these people that are giving you negative must be afraid of you so that's a good thing right you're going to actually get something done <laughs> Well, you don't usually get flack unless you're over the target. And right. so uh, I'm, right. I'm guessing that we are there. I'm guessing we're there. Well, and what I love so much about the fact that you are willing to step into that target zone and, and to take that flack is because um, you are so grounded. You're grounded in faith. You're grounded in the Constitution. And it just seems to me... And you can answer to this. It seems to me that you're not trying to be a politician, right? You're going right. to serve in a political position, but you want to be a public servant. And there is such a yeah. distinction between those two things that I think a lot of people just never even consider or think about when they go to cast their vote. Yes, you're exactly right. And you know, I think that part of that is the need for two-way communication but the, between the people who are represented and the people who are supposed to be doing the representing. I don't know how many, I mean, I know you guys have been in, you know, active politically, but the people that are listening, how many have sent an email or sent a letter or made a phone call to somebody who's supposed to be their voice in this representative republic that we have here? And either you get no answer at all, you get a full voicemail box, or you get a form letter weeks or months after you've put something in and it may or may not have something to do with what you what you were concerned about <laughs> so true. That, that's wrong that's wrong it's so true and I, I want to loop back just for a second on what Danny was alluding to at this big party this kickoff party you had last night you had a couple of real powerhouse voices that had yeah. flown in uh, to just kind of help lend their support and their enthusiasm and their voice and who were those people uh, well, it was wonderful to have, well, we had J.D. Hayworth, who you might, no, don't forget him. Yes. He was, you know, initiated this conservative movement. He came, you know, out of, out of the political retirement he's been in and came out to, uh, to, to kick the event off. And then Laura Ingram and 
Steve Bannon. Three people who have been, you know, people, the, the left tries to politically shame all three. I mean, look at the target that, that Steve Bannon has upon his head um, every, every single day that he goes out to fight for the America, America first agenda. Uh, but it, they were amazing. Having their support, having their endorsement is, is invaluable in this, this journey to changing Washington. Absolutely, because it does take people speaking up and actually saying, like, it, it was so frustrating during the, the last uh, presidential election, as I traveled across the country, people would whisper to me, I'm going to vote for Trump. And then yep. they would turn around in, in a social gathering and behave as though that was not the case. And mm-hmm. so what ended up happening, obviously, was, you know, the, the, the whisper vote <laughs> ended up coming yes. to pass. But right. how much more others would have realized that, you know, it's okay to vote your conscience. It's okay to vote the Constitution. Um, yes. And so to have people stand up and, and say on your behalf, listen, I support what Kelly supports, what Dr. Ward yes. supports. And so to have those voices come out is really encouraging because what it takes to get elected is voices, but it also takes volunteers and it takes money. So yep, resources, resources. So what, what can our listeners do, even if they're not necessarily in the state of Arizona, um, because what happens in one state affects all states. And this is a, a, a Senate seat, a nation, a national Senate seat that you're, you're going after. What can they do to say, yeah, I agree with Kelly and I agree with the Constitution and I want to help? Well, they can go to kellyward.com, K-E-L-L-I-W-A-R-D.com. You can sign up to get emails to forward to your friends. You can sign up to volunteer if you're in Arizona. And, of course, there is a donate button. And don't think any amount is too small. Every single dollar goes a very long way to assuring that that we do actually shake up Washington, D.C., And what people in other states have to remember is the people in Arizona can vote for me, yes. But guess what? When I'm in the United States Senate, I can vote for you. Mm-hmm. If you're in a blue state that where you have a, a, a senator that's just appalling, know that you're going to have somebody on your side. Even if I'm in Arizona, I'm going to be voting for you. Oh, so true. And I'm so glad that, that you said it and said it that way. But, uh, you know, we are everybody. I don't want to say everybody. There seems to be this sort of like, hey, we're good to go. We've got a Republican yeah. uh, president right. and, you know, we have the House, we have the Senate. So we're good to go. We can go take a nap. And that is so not true. And I, I want right, people right. to stay fully engaged. And even though you're yep. a Republican going up against a, a seated Republican, w- th- stop and think about why would that be? Why? You know, yep. just That's as- right. And yeah, we're moving, you know, moving through this primary because Jeff Blake has unfortunately been a very big disappointment. And we're looking towards the general as well, because this isn't just about sending a message to the establishment and the GOP. It's about getting to Washington and doing the job. And um, and things are looking great on that horizon, too. So have no fear. We are going to do this. Stop the political apathy. Get involved. And let's do this thing. And, uh, so I, I look forward to having the support, the contact. If people want to see what the event was like last night, of course, they can go to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash AZ. You can, you know, there's there's videos, there's photos, and you can kind of see how it is and then come to our next next big, big event. Kelly, is there anything you can do if when you get elected to, to stop what's going on right now where they're not getting anything done? 
Yes, because I think that that I, I put forth excellent policy when I was in the Arizona State Senate. Excellent policy that was not extreme in any manner, was not uh, hyper-partisan. It was policy that both sides of the aisle could agree upon because, you know, who's going to argue with the Constitution? Who's, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I was able to get that th- you know, those things through the process and signed by the governor. I don't think that we're putting forth simple, effective policy that, that we can get agreement upon and get through the process and get to the president's desk. That's that's something I'm good at. That's something I want to do in Washington, just like I did in Phoenix. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. You are probably still on cloud nine after your event last night. And uh, we just so appreciate you taking the time to come on and talk with us. And we'll, we'll definitely be checking in with you and seeing how the election is going. Dr. Kelly Ward, and you can check her out at kellyward.com. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. All right. Well, holy cow, we are nearly the to the end of the show already, Dan. That went so quickly, but we still have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report just on the other side of these messages. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. Be a part of the gold rush and head on down to see my friends at Pot of Gold Auctions in Avondale, Arizona. Or check out the auction online at potofgoldstate.com. These folks auction off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Everything is going, going, gone. So you best hurry and tell them Don Cogger sent you. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Cheryl, every time that we do something wrong, from now on I'm going to say, we need more background checks. That's my <laughs> that's, excuse. That's going to be so your we, standard yes, line. If I read a line wrong or if I do something wrong on the radio, I'm going to say, we need more background checks. Oh, my goodness. Well, of course, you're tying into our theme, the shame game, you know, that uh, we always 
the other side, the rights restrictors, they just want to restrict more and more and more rights. And so the answer to everything is? We need more background checks. Right. So We don't, though. We don't, though. All right. Well, this is the part of the show where we talk about being responsibly armed citizens because responsibly armed citizens use guns two and a half million times a year for self-defense and 200,000 times a year a woman prevents a sexual assault because she was armed. Somehow we never hear these stories on network news, so we are proud to bring them to you here on Gun Freedom Radio. Fight's a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. So today we have a clip from Prager University, and if you don't know about Prager U, check them out. They have five-minute clips and they t- discuss everything that you can imagine about um, the Constitution, about faith, about uh, civil rights, about everything. And uh, so today's, and it's a five-minute clip, so, so hang in there and listen to the whole thing. The right to bear arms isn't just a constitutional issue, this one uh, is about. It's a woman's rights issue. Author and commentator Katie Pavlich explains why guns are the great equalizer between men and women. Like I said, it is a five-minute clip. There are some sound effects that actually make more sense when you're watching the video and you can see the clip, but it's very worth the time and your attention. And you can always look it up on our Facebook page to see the video for yourself. So as Katie will tell us, women's rights, civil rights... And human rights are all deeply ingrained in being a responsibly armed citizen. Do you want equality between men and women? I do, which is why I own a gun. My Glock 43 is my equalizer. Two NRA for you? Then let's take a step back and think about this. I will start with this premise. Men are physically stronger than women. I know, even this is controversial these days, but men have more muscle mass and greater bone density. They run faster and punch harder. It's called biology. If a woman is going to protect herself against a man who intends to do her serious harm, she needs to even the odds. And what's the best way for her to do that? Own a gun and know how to use it. Given this, you would think that feminists would be lining up in front of gun shops spending quality time at the shooting range, and filing for concealed carry permits. But when was the last time you heard a feminist speak out for women owning guns? You haven't, because feminists aren't for gun ownership. They're for taking guns away from women. Well, you might say, if no one owned a gun, then everybody would be safer. Yes, and it would be nice if cheesecake was a diet food. There are over 300 million guns in the United States, And that's not going to change anytime soon. But even if we could build a giant magnet, fly it across the country and snap up every gun, it wouldn't much matter to women's safety. In Great Britain, where it's almost impossible to get a gun, a woman is three times more likely to be raped than in America, according to a study by David Kopel, a professor of constitutional law at Denver University. Here's another telling comparison between gun-free UK and gun-owning US. In the United States, only about 13% of home burglaries take place when the occupants are home. But in the UK, almost 60% do. Professor Copel explains the disparity. 
American burglars avoid occupied homes because of the risk of getting shot. English burglars prefer occupied homes because there will be wallets and purses with cash. And by the way, an assailant doesn't need a gun to be dangerous. What do you do if you're a woman and a man comes at you with a knife or just his bare hands? If you want to depend on pepper spray or a whistle, okay. But I think your finger on the trigger of a gun would be more effective. Take the example of mail carrier Catherine Lada. After she had been assaulted and raped by her ex-boyfriend, Lada tried to purchase a firearm. She was told it might take a month to get a permit. I'll be dead by then, she recalls telling the clerk. That afternoon, she went to a rough part of town and bought a handgun. Five hours later, her ex-boyfriend attacked her outside of her home. She shot him in self-defense and saved her life. I should add that firing a gun is very rare. Just carrying it, let alone brandishing it, is a deterrent. And isn't that the issue? Personal safety? How is a woman supposed to defend herself? What if an intruder breaks into her home? Liberal TV personality Sherry Shepard answered this question a few years ago. At one in the morning, the alarm in our house went off, Shepard told her co-host on the popular daytime show, The View. As the alarm blared, her husband, Sal, went downstairs to look around. If something happened to him, a terrified Shepard realized she had no way to protect herself or her son, Jeffrey. All I had was this wicker basket. I don't have a bat, nothing. We're going to get a gun, I told Sal. This just made me realize how vulnerable you are if you can't protect your home. And the police were wonderful. They came about seven minutes later. But to me, that's seven minutes too late. Luckily for Shepard, the incident was a false alarm. But there are lots of cases where the alarm is real, especially in high crime areas. Yet every year, progressives push for more and more gun control without ever considering who will pay the price. It won't be the bad guys. They always get the guns they want. It will be the good women who need to equal the odds in a dangerous confrontation with a man. Women owning guns shouldn't be a partisan issue. In fact, it's a women's rights issue. I'm all for equality between the sexes, and I practice what I preach. That's why I own a gun. I'm Katie Pavlich for Prager University. Wow, that's a good, good story. Well, it really covers a lot in a short span of time, and that's one of the things I love about the PragerU um, videos. But, you know, it's, it's like we can't even say nowadays that, you know, well, men and women are different. Oh, shocking, right? Oh, that's sexist. Um, but, you know, I'm, I stand all of 5'5", five five, and I'm actually taller than a lot of my female friends. And, you know... You are six foot, and you're not even of the tallest men that we know. And so what, what is to happen if we're in a, a confrontation, a physical altercation of some sort? What are women supposed to use as, as an equalizer? For me, personally, and thank God I live in the state of Arizona who, because I get treated like an adult and the laws uh, support the Constitution and support me being able to enact my civil rights, my human rights, and my women's rights to protect myself with any tool, any instrument that I choose. You know, my mind wanders 
a lot. Cheryl, you know that. And I was just thinking. Squirrel. Yeah. Squirrel. Shiny. So I was just thinking about, you know, these gun-free zones. So I kind of took another spin on it, and I go, what if I, you compare a gun-free zone to, like, say I want to go cause a fight with somebody. Okay. Am I going to go to Gold's Gym and try to fight with somebody, or I'm going to go to... <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like... That is a great example. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not... I, and so these, so the people that have guns uh, that want to cause a crime, they're going to go to a place where there's less resistance, mm-hmm. would be a gun-free zone. Mm-hmm. If and I was someone gonna, who's of a physically right. smaller stature, no matter whether they're male right. or female. So I'm, gonna, I'm not going to go to a gym to cause a fight with somebody. I'm going to go to a donut shop or something. No, maybe not a donut shop, but right. a cake shop or something. So... <laughs> Well, we we have to start wrapping up, but um, Victoria's uh, Secret. That's where Vic, you that's yeah. where you <laughs> that's where you want to start fights. No, you take Cheryl. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I come in here. To, uh, yeah, I come in and start a fight. Oh um, my gosh, that's I'm, I want to know the secret. That's right. Tell me the secret. Oh my gosh. Hold on. Let's get this train back on its hey, track. There's one at the mall down here. Isn't there? <laughs> hey, that's right. <laughs> Oh man! All right, I, I I'm supposed to be in charge. I'm supposed to be the adult in the room. Let me try to let me try to do that. Um, so one of our favorite things we do, of course, is Dan's commentary, which we didn't have time for. But I bet, based on those last few comments, James might have uh, something to weigh in on. I could say something though. What's that? I could say, you know, I'm not a conspiracist person i don't believe in conspiracies that much mm-hmm. but i'm starting to now but anyway i think like this las vegas shooting mm-hmm. why did they say within 24 hours that it was only one shooter we have him contained and that it wasn't a terrorist group there was only one gun or one one shooter mm-hmm. when we're in a city with buildings all over the place and crowds everywhere why would we do that? We're not giving information correctly. Hmm. If we just said, we have one shooter, mm-hmm. we're not sure, we're still investigating, takes away the conspiracy part of it. If we would just, you know. Oh, I, boy, I can go down the conspiracy rabbit hole with you, but I'm, I'm not. But if they give I'm, you good information at the first. It would, it would head off that rabbit right. trail, right? right? But one of the things when they're talking about, you know, how many guns, blah, blah, blah. He's got 20-something guns up there. Uh, instantly, I go, well, why does one guy need 20-something guns? That kind of points to there's, there's a party going on up there of, of bad guys that want to do horrible things with these. But, you know, that we've been told the official story is what it is, and we're just trying to sit and wait and see and listen until they tell us more. And keep our tinfoil hats off. And we're trying our best to do that. But my rant is that if we got the, either don't, you know, just tell us we're still investigating. We're not sure. But don't come to a definite, well, they're not terrorists. It's not a terrorist plan. It's only one guy. I, I think that's what was wrong to the whole picture. And there it is. Thank you, James. Thank you, James. Thank you. All right, we have to run, but we want to thank our tech crew, who is, of course, the newsman. I am. Who am I, Danny? The newsman. I am the newsman. <laughs> mm. Of course, that is the one and only Blade, who who kind of likes being I the am. newsman. <laughs> the newsman. Blade's been having a little bit of trouble <laughs> sleeping lately. I think he has a newborn, and uh, 
It's a little, a little loopy. Right a little now. loopy. We got we got to get him some more coffee. All right. We want to thank our listeners and of course our amazing guests. And uh, please keep the conversation going. Reach out to us on social media and let us know what you're thinking because we are listening. And until next time, pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. All of them. All of them, Dan. Okay. Even the ones you don't like. All right. Especially the ones you don't like. You're pushing it, Cheryl. (laughs) Be good to each other. Have a great week. And God bless. Our founding fathers here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here. Did that little band of men so advanced beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free.